Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome again to the Dabblers Book Club with me Hadja and me Curtis. Should we go straight into it? Yeah, yeah. Um this week's book is Normal People by Sally Rooney. Um you read this and said we should pod it, recommend it to me. I read it. We noted that we both read it very quickly. Yes, we did read it very quickly. Um, um, where, where did you pick this up, sorry? Um my sister actually, she lent it to me. Uh people have been telling me to read it for a little while actually. A uh, girl from uni. Sorry, woman, woman, woman from uni recommended it. Um and I haven't got around to it until yeah, she recommended it about a year ago and I just got around to it. I was about to say, did your sister lend this to you? Yes. As in does she want this copy back? Bollocks. I will Because uh, she won't want it back. Okay. Cause, She's fine. Right, because You'll keep it. goes on my it's bookshelf. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, people that have listened to previous episodes know the rule. I forgot that. Okay, well, um, straight in. Did you like it? Yes. Yes, short answer, yes. Um, it was very, very readable, wasn't it? Um, it's very easy to get through. I can't remember where I read I think I remember being on a train and reading it quite quickly. Oh, that was it. I was in Leeds, wasn't I, last week? And uh, I, yeah. on the train there and back, I finished it. Um, so it is, a, it is a quick read. Um You've and it's it's normal length through. though, isn't it? It's, it's a normal length book. It's just quite yeah, very readable. I'd say it's yeah, two two hundred sixty five ish pages. Oh yeah, maybe it's not that long. Um, yeah, well, I knocked it out on holiday. We were in oh, here we go. Here's happy Vienna, Prague, Treviso. Treviso, not in that order last week, mm-hmm. and it was one of the books I read during that. Um, it, now you, we, we did, we've got this thing on, on this pod where where one of us is reading the book after the other. And we want to talk about it, but we vowed not to mm. until we pod. So you must be really eager to know what I think. I really am, actually, burning to hear your thoughts on it. Because actually, when I first read it, when I first started reading, I was like, oh, I don't want him to read this. Because <laughs> it's quite, um, I don't know, it's all the friend zone things you hate. <laughs> Bit wet. <laughs> Bit wet. Um I really enjoyed this book. Did you? I oh, thought it was good. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, there was a reason I figured it. I thought it was brilliant. Um, well, no, because ultimately I think it's a love story. Yeah. I think ultimately it's a love story. So we'll, we'll, should we do a quick off-the-top-of-our-head synopsis um, just to spoil it for any reader that hasn't, listener that hasn't Yeah, I mean, in the crudest reduction of it, I'd say it's that um, 
girl and boy friends on and off will they won't they from school like late school to university years and just beyond um and it's kind of coming of age for both of them and how their lives sort of intertwine and how they clearly can't stay away from each other it's set in ireland mm-hmm. um and you, you actually you asked me because i did i did like the first four pages and had to put it down because <coughs> we were like running for a train or something and you said oh have you clocked where it's set yet and I said, no, I, I said, I think it's Canada because there were like elements of like, uh, um, I think cafeteria or, yeah, or yeah. did it say, I don't know, there, there were certain words and, and I noticed they were wearing uniform, but it definitely wasn't England. Anyway, it really quickly you start saying about Galway and, yeah. and the Garda and at things. At first, so. I, at first I thought it was England for about a page and then I thought, oh no, this sounds very American. And then I, yeah, I had to be given a place reference to know. Um, yeah. but maybe even the town because I'm sure she probably gives the town a bit earlier on a bit sooner yeah. I mean you need to check that maybe it's purposeful to kind of disorientate the I definitely didn't know for the first few pages yeah. um, so if there was anything I, then I missed that um, what what I would say um, is oh I know why sorry the reason I thought it was um, is because um, it's Connell's mum is Marianne's cleaner and that kind of rich house thing oh, yeah, it feels yeah. very american to me that you know the poor kid at school and the rich kid at school and yeah um i just automatically place that in like an american movie setting rather well, than... i think actually domestically it reminds you that ireland and kids growing up there people are like is actually culturally a little bit different yes. to, to, to the uk <laughs> who knew who knew yeah. uh, do you know what i thought was fantastic and i thought the dialogue was brilliant mm. i thought it was really believable once i established they were irish i I was, and I don't do this very often with books, but I was hearing it all in my head in that accent. Uh-huh. I, was, I, was, I could hear their accents. Um, and just the way they said stuff, some of the turns of phrase, read yeah. really strangely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because I've just... I, I, before this, I read Islands in the Stream by Ernest Hemingway. And I love Hemingway, but oh my God, some of his dialogue is shite. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I'd honestly, just... You read it, go, no one talks like this, not even and in that, a, a dreamy Cuban bar in could, the 50s. You could like, say yeah. you read Islands in the Stream and then you read... Ireland's industry. Ireland's industry. So I don't know if it was because I was a bit, you know, because I, I did not enjoy that book, but it, was, it wasn't it was a, you know, joyous fly-through read. Um, but I, then I just picked this up and I was going, oh, my God, I love how they're talking. I mm. love the... I'm learning so much about the characters and how they speak. Yeah. It didn't make me cringe. She did. She avoided cliches. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because it's such a cliched premise in a way. Really is. Yeah, yeah. really and She is. makes it different enough. Um, do you know what? And then just to fast forward... Um, so Marianne and Connell, Connell um, yeah. are the other the two characters. But by the end of um, of the book, I I was really touched. Mm-hmm. I was like, when you get to the end of the film, and you're like, oh my god, I hope neither really? of you die. I did. Yeah, um, it. I was really invested in both of them. They were fantastic characters. They were mm. so well crafted and really believable. Yeah, you get to the end and you feel like you have seen their lives yeah. in a way that you know sometimes I can read a book and I can feel close to characters but I still feel like there's a book between us whereas this actually feels like two people you're following definitely definitely um, and you see both of their foibles mm-hmm. as you go because obviously um, so at at school at the beginning of the book um, Connell is the like captain of the football team very popular and gets on well and uh, Marianne is rich intelligent but a weirdo and outcast doesn't fit in and then he you know his relationship with her is fairly secret Mm -hmm. and then they go off to dublin 
uh, to college, to the same college where she becomes very popular mm-hmm. and fits in. And for the first time in his life, he finds it quite difficult to fit mm-hmm. in. Um, which is actually, you know, it's all very believable and it, none, of it's, none of it's exaggerated or overblown. And um, I, ju- I just feel like they go on their journeys quite believably. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, maybe I'm being unromantic, but I, I don't know whether that would happen in real life. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, th- I think it's a bit more like people would just drift apart in those situations. However, I loved how it was written and I did buy it. Um, I thought it was really, really nice. Like, you know, friends come and go, uh, partners come and go. There's fam- you, you, you get a background on the family on both sides, which actually, considering, I mean, it, it is a novel, isn't it? It's not a novella, but it it's a shortish book. You do get quite a lot of sort of side stories, subplot. I think Sally Rooney, I don't know anything about her, but she says a lot without saying a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She gives you a couple of sentences and suddenly you're like, oh, okay, that's okay, there's a whole thing with his dad that we're not going to tap into today. Yeah, But yeah. I know why he's got these tendencies. See, I was almost waiting for the dad to re-emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, you know, when um, his mum, Lorraine, doesn't want him to go to the the ball or whatever the prom thing is um, with this girl, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's really his half-sister or maybe there's something mm. weird going on and you're kind of waiting for this other bit and it's like, no, actually, because some people's lives aren't resolved in that way. You don't find out things like this. So why would you, reader, know this when um, yeah. so many characters, so many people go through life uh, not knowing some key elements of their identity and it is the relationships in the now that they have to struggle with because actually the relationships in the past are kind of, there's nothing they can do about them. There's no re- resolution for them. Um, which I think obviously is relatable to everyone because um, we all have we all have that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think maybe that's why we become quite invested in the characters because they're both. <laughs> I think the one thing I'm thinking is that they're both from bad families in a way. You know what I mean? She's got this awful relationship with her brother and her yeah. parents. We should talk about our brother in a bit. Cause, yeah. Because. Is that her parents as well? Like is that, her dad I, is in the scene, isn't he? But it's I, more her mum. I don't the remember anything. One. No, no, her dad's referred to like once. Right. Like he, there, it's that scene where they're at her summer house. God, my God, like a book this short having a scene in, yeah, the, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the summer house in Florence or wherever it was. It was somewhere in Italy, and they're debating whether they go to Venice for the day. And I think throughout the novel, she has a couple of boyfriends who are just kind of arseholes. Mm. And this one is the one that turns out to be a bit racist. And, right, yeah. And it makes all the friends uncomfortable. And he's drunk and being a dick at the house in France. Yes, uh, yeah, that was it. And then, yeah, and she and then, refers to her dad. She kind yeah. of goes, well, my dad bought this gravy boat or whatever the fuck he's slagging off. And, um, and Connell notes, oh, she's never she's said never anything. She's never mentioned her dad, yeah. yeah. Now, and the mum is on the scene. There's a couple of particularly nasty scenes with the mum. Like, the mum actually said, the mum is almost probably the only unbelievable character but then again we don't know crazy rich irish people but she says some quite directly cutting things yeah. to marianne they're not big scenes but you do yeah maybe those are the thing i uh, know the brother is the more present one on her side mm. um uh, he ends up getting a bit violent with her and actually one of my favorite scenes is where connell kind of goes in and like shit sits the brother down yeah yeah um he doesn't do anything does he though he doesn't hit him anything he just threatens it she makes him cry yeah, yeah. yeah um which again how believable is that to blokes roughly the same age i don't know if the other one cries so quickly i think that's a sign of connell's growth isn't it i would imagine yeah, but yeah um, the crying i, I don't know because connell is shown to be both weak and strong yeah. throughout the novel but i think that is the case with all men in all boys in dif- in differing society yeah. it's like i said to you the other day at school when I was at school, like... I... <laughs> we were at school the other day, so... <laughs> no, no, when I was at school, um, I was, like... I generally, like, I was in the middle. Like, there were some kids that were, like, really horrible chav, like, 
types. Don't edit out Chav, by the way. Oh, I can see his mouth. There were some really... Yeah, re- all my middle-class friends will hate me. I don't it. care. There's some really nasty kids, <laughs> and I was, like, in the middle. But then in, like, my language class, where there was nine of us, and they were all melts, nerds, whatever, <laughs> they don't edit that out either, um, I was like, oh, God, it's on me to be the bad kid. I think, I think <laughs> yeah, Connor was yeah, a bit yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, okay, so as, as you're the only man in this podcast... Yes. ...and the main character, one of the main characters is a man... Yes. And there are clearly lots of themes of masculinity and toxic masculinity and how he grapples with other men. You know, he's fundamentally, I think, a good soul, a nice man. He's trying to be good. Um, Yet we see that whole spectrum through Connell. What does yeah? What do you think about like sort of the theme of masculinity in this book? And uh, as a man, what do you? Think? I, I just think there's a lot of balance and honesty to it. Yeah. So I, I do think she nails the character of Connell. So there's there's definitely a conversation to be had where so let's say we we read a book that is uh, well. There's a lot of examples of male authors who do not nail female characters because they don't give them the thought or the depth of, of a character or anything, and. There, and then, so the other way around, you know, when you see a female author writing a male character, there's nowhere near as much of a, you know, brash, dismissive example. Yeah. But sometimes you will read a book as a male reader and go, men don't think like this. Uh-huh. And the woman just hasn't, you know, hasn't nailed a, a legitimate male character. Is that character. often if a woman's made him a bit too feeling and thoughtful or a bit too sort of the other way? Well, either way, I yeah, think. Okay. Either way. And, the, and and it just is a is a thing, obviously. Yeah. Um, just never as severe as when Hemingway's women don't talk um, <laughs> and things. But actually, what I was going to say for Sally is actually Connell is very believable yeah. in his masculinity, very relatable, because at no point is he an out and out brute bad guy, but he, you know, shows bad traits. He shows, but it's, but it's shown how it's weakness. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and I like the sort of the shame that is attached to, you know, acting out or be, or, you know, losing your, um, losing your head, losing your cool. Um, I'd be interested at, because, I mean, what, he's 17 when the story starts, about that age? Surely yeah, they can't be at, having sex younger than they're that. They're at the end of high school. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. do, you say it's relatable. Do, do you feel that when you're... Yeah, you know, because I, well, I'm reading it going... Because it, it, it's not playing to any stereotype. At first, when she goes to... when You know, the, the book sets up and she's gone to watch the football team and she didn't want to, but the whole school is obliged to. And Connell's the football captain. He's the kid whose mum cleans a house and he's all too cool for school. Mm. And you think, OK, I see where this is going. But then he's not... Like, very quickly, he's shown to be feeling and, and to have a double life. Well, not a double life, but he's got a secret away from school mm. that she's in on. And um, it doesn't play to that very Americanized. You know, the football captain takes pity on the weird girl and, mm. you know, takes her to the prom. There's none of that. Yeah. Um, actually, the prom is a really interesting... Um, is a really interesting scene uh, where, you know, they're, they're talking about who they're going to take to the Debs. Yeah. So I assume from that Irish people go to the Debs. I think it's like the debutante ball is what people oh, call it. Oh, yeah. I see, I see. I um, and, and this is one of his scenes of weakness where he, he takes the other girl. He yeah, ta- he Rachel. Takes, uh, yeah. Um, and, again, they don't... You know, she's not written that like a real a big deal, a big scene where he lets her down brutally. It's mm. just kind of that standard. He's done it. It's the, the wrong decision. Yeah. But he's done it because he's weak and he's, you know, a young man who hasn't quite ascertained the right thing to do in these situations yet. And at the same time, she's quietly disappointed. Mm. And then, you know, she does fall into quite a depression. Well, it's very realistic, isn't it? Because she doesn't make a big scene of it, make a big deal of it. It's just 
she doesn't talk to him and he has to deal with that and that sort of him mm. dealing with her silence is quite interesting um and also how the mother is so on her on her side about it and disappointed in her son and yeah i wanted to talk about what yeah. do you think about the mother yeah i like her i mean she's she seemed very believable um i thought we had evidence that she was a strange mother before we found out she was a very young mother and always a single parent at that. Hmm. So she's very, she was very uncensored in commenting on his sex life. Um, yeah. Almost seemed like to not like an older sister. And at first I was going, God, his mother's a strange. See, I didn't I met- feel that. I felt that she was just very, I thought, I thought she was quite a good mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought quite motherly in her, in the way she's talking to him. Um, in a way I would, in a way I would expect for someone who got pregnant as a teenager, I think that's the main thing is that Mm. she's made this big mistake and she wants him to be a responsible guy, not like, you know, the one she fell for and all that sort of thing and wants him to treat women with respect. And that's clearly, um, I don't know, for me, that's a good mother. Um, and that she, you know, she does clean for him and all this sort of thing. It's Mm. like, she's doing everything to put food on the table and, the fact that he respects her so much, I think. Yeah, he drives us to her job a, and stuff. Yeah, and... is there a scene I'm missing? No, no, I think that's it. I'm I, thinking that... I think that's it. And like you say, the 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 big one is the is what you first mentioned, where actually she's kind of appalled when he takes the the the, the other girl, Rachel, mm. to the the Debs, and and she's like, "This is really going to hurt Marianne." Yeah. And she speaks to Marianne directly. She's yeah. like, "I'm totally on your side with yeah. this." You know. Some really lovely. Uh, pieces of description in this book just to set up the chapters i bookmarked a couple um i thought i can tell you've read this like more recently than me (laughs) i I almost bookmarked this but we were on the where we We were training up from vienna to prague and there was no like i was looking for like a spare train ticket or something to stick in the page i couldn't find one but anyway this is um marianne is wiping down the countertop with a wet cloth the window over the kitchen sink shows an oblong of sky denim blue it doesn't matter. I just no, not sold. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I no, think that's I thought really you were going to nice. read more. No, no, no. Okay, I've got one later. Yeah, Dan and Blue. I think it's, it, it, it's it's actually all quite um, for for a book that is has. I've just remembered something really unconventional about this book that we should talk about. But oh, has, I know you. I know what you're yeah, going to say. Speech. Um, isn't so it? let me get 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 the um, other bit of description out of the way. This is lovely. Okay, <laughs> she walks by and no one looks up. This is um, much later, by the way. She swims in the college pool, eats in the dining hall with damp hair, walks around the cricket pitch in the evening. Dublin is extraordinarily beautiful to her in wet weather. The way grey stone darkens to black and rain moves over the grass and whispers on slick roof tiles. Lovely. I mean, I, I read it like someone having a stroke. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I think there's just some lovely standards. You know, it was a cold, rainy day thing. And there was, there's a lot of nice things like that. Um, I'm, I haven't got it bookmarked, but they describe him in the doctor's waiting room. Mm. when he's going to have his head trunk and and there's like one of those kids abacuses mm-hmm. and i can't actually just describe it but you just you're right there you know what it smells like you know what you know he's nervous going in there's pamphlets on the I table i think she's very good at description to enhance a character because you get a sense of this is what the character notices and that's when description is very very clever because you're telling the reader where they are but also more about the character, mm. which is is super sophisticated writing, I think. Because you're talking about, her, like, the whole description of Dublin just there, it's placing her in Dublin. You're yeah, going, oh, she's noticing yeah. this, she's feeling this. And, and, and that's very, yeah, it's very, very clever. Um, yeah, so 
Lovely description. Not so classic. There are no speech marks in this book. It's quite a modern thing a lot of people are doing. Yeah. Is it? See, I haven't yeah. read many modern books. Um, so women in my creative writing class didn't really like speech marks. And one tutor just had a problem with this. And I was like, well, plenty of... I, I, mean, I think there are some... Uh, no, I'm sure I read another book where there aren't speech marks and it's a bit older, actually, recently. I think Cormac McCarthy doesn't, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah. he, he's uh, something strange with... Or is he, that, he doesn't use commas or something. But um, What did we read know. the other week? Fahrenheit. I'm sure that it doesn't have speech marks. Is it not? Am I making that up? Yeah, I've not got a copy to hand. I'll check. Um, um, like, I'll check when I can be bothered. Um, but anyway, yeah, I... No, I don't think it does. Shall I go and get it off the shelf? <laughs> yeah, go on. Hit okay, pause. <laughs> what is the and, verdict? Well, hang on, I've also got something else. Celebrations. I've got two Milky Ways. Thank you very much. From Celebrations, <laughs> because it is Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know when we'll have this pot out, but <laughs> yeah. we just put the tree up, now we're potting. Um, so. No, this has speech. Oh, for, it's because he does the different speech marks, doesn't he? It's single speech marks rather than double. That's why. It yes. Excuse me. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a lie. Well, um, that was worth the journey upstairs, and still. Um, I've got chocolate. So, she does not use speech marks. She does not. But a lot yeah. of people don't, and I think if you can. But what's the thing I do when I write that is is fundamentally wrong? And you always tell me like I don't indent the first something or other. Oh, there's loads of things like little rules, but they're just grammatical. Like... Okay, but this is a, surely a rule that. Mm. I mean, I have no, I have no problem with it as a reader. I'm just wondering if a purist would get arsy about this. Obviously, it's a stylistic choice, but is it breaking a fundamental that is like crimes against writing or something? I don't know. It's a very... Um, I have noticed a lot more recently. A lot, lot of people are doing it. Um, I think sometimes it can be quite an aesthetic thing as well because it's like it looks neater almost to not have all this speech on the page. And if you are such a writer that can actually not distract a reader because didn't, you didn't once think, is someone talking or is this... No, if anything, narrator. actually, you read it, it's part it of smooths what, it out, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes it very fly through. So, yeah. um, and that's in a way that's how we we think of speech, don't we? We sort of, oh, they said this, and yeah, can I just ask something? Says Peggy, you can tell she's drunk, and that Marianne would like her to leave too. Sure, says Marianne. I mean, yeah, I, you just you know where you are with it. Um, yeah, it doesn't challenge you or anything. No, there were some things that like. Um, because you'd have to think about consistency and things because she has question marks and then... Uh, so she'll use punctuation and then it'll be lowercase, like says. I did see A couple that, of times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's consistent with it, so it doesn't really... No. Um, but, the, yeah, I think anything that takes you out of the scene, that would be considered, not bad writing, but that would be considered something to address. And mm. if she were doing it in such a way that distracted you from the book and you're like oh I don't know what I'm reading I don't know what's going on here then you'd be like okay that's a problem but if it doesn't do that then that's really strong writing mm. and I think that for me that's just the main rule are you out of the book suddenly are you, or are you still in the book yeah and I don't know about you but at no point was I out of this no book. I was really really engrossed in it yeah um you mentioned Peggy did I yes no I read Peggy yes Peggy the friend yes yeah She's an irritating. She character. the weird. It's you know it's so funny because it is very very cliched in many ways. No, so necessary. many, but so, as in so many of the fundamental characters that yeah. we are so used to in this genre of actually film, I would say more than anything else. Mm. Um, you know, you've got that annoying friend. You've got the weird friend. You've got the nice friend early on at school. You know, I can't remember mm. which friend it was. Who's that? Is it Karen or something early on? Who's actually quite nice to her, to Marianne, and um, and you've got the dickhead kind of 
uh, friend of the protagonist and yeah yeah um was that eric the one that died towards the end no, so eric didn't die it was um another friend died wasn't it? eric was it his funeral i think yeah they had the funeral scene which oh there we go i just saw funeral 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 anyway we'll come back to who who died um i've just found um the sort of tense scene where alan her brother oh yeah sort of stops her leaving she tries to move towards the stairs, but Alan puts his free hand down on the banister. I don't want people going around town saying that knacker is riding my sister, says Alan. Can I go upstairs now, please? Alan is gripping his beer bottle very tightly. I don't want you to go near him again, he says. I'm warning you now. People in town are talking about you. I can't imagine what my life would be like if I cared what people thought of me. Mm. Anyway, I won't bother reading it all, but oh mm. my goodness, it's like the whole thing where he's like holding his beer bottle tightly and... Stopping and going, then you're on the stairs. It was just a really tense. Yeah. <laughs> Took away from the actual flow, then didn't I? No, not at all. No, no, no. It's um, uh, it's a very, it's a very relatable scene. <laughs> it's a very relatable scene to anyone who's dealt with sort of domestic violence situations and abusive, um, characters. It's that sort of. She isn't weak and victimized but she has to deal with this relentless stress mm. of this person having an opinion on her life who doesn't know that he's abusive, who doesn't know that he shouldn't be... That he doesn't actually have control over someone, doesn't have a right to control women. Um, mm. And so it is... Yeah, it's a very powerful scene, but you just... You really get a sense of... And to be honest, I think a lot of women will will have... will be able to relate to this possibly in earlier life as well, in your teens and, and 20s or whatever. It's like... The amount of men that feel they have a right to tell you what to do, whether they're strangers or close to you, mm. and the exhaustion that builds up from dealing with that, even when you try to be strong through, even when you say, I, you know, I don't care what people think about me and all this sort of thing, and try and bat off all the shit that is sort of thrown at you. Um, it, it did make me really angry and just really, yeah, tired, actually. Um, did, did you find any comfort or, or or nice sense of justice in then what happens with Connell when he confronts him? Um, to a degree, but, I mean, uh, it's not a resolution, you know I mean? People are always no. going to be like that. One man saying, I'll kill you. I, To be honest, in a way, that was possibly not the most believable bit. You know, as you mm. said, it's like, can you imagine a man then just crying and being like, Ugh, you know. Um, did he actually cry? Yeah, the, he cries um, and calls for his mum, which is the bit where... Oh, right. I was like, um... It felt a bit... I feel like they'd either smack each other or both be too... too Angry to do anything. So angry yeah. and not, you know... We, yeah. we avoid confrontation a lot. Especially yeah. young men of that age that hate each other. Often. Yeah, men don't realise... We don't realise how much men want to kill each other and yeah. how they avoid that How daily. we avoid it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the world would be a bloodbath if, if, if we were allowed to, you know. I'm laughing, but it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I found that... Uh, it was, you know, it was, it was very important. There's still something in it in the whole this man looking after her now kind of thing, and which is frustrating as a the world, you know, the state of the world is, which mm. is just oh well, you if you're being you're not being abused by one, you've got to be protected by the other oh, kind of thing. And actually, yeah, there's that horrible scene early on. I think it's one of the first times she sort of like dresses up in a black dress and goes out, mm. and then like one of the older kids from school kind of like oh yeah 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 the brother her, yeah yeah, and he's a real dick. And yeah. it's actually quite horrible and upsetting. Mm. And it's one of the first times Connell publicly sort of sticks up for her and yeah. puts his arm around her. Um, but my God, yeah, there's just, you know. Yeah, none of this is like, <laughs> I, I mean, I do love the title of it. It is normal people. It is like, yeah, it's not actually, mm. none of that is strange. 
that a girl, no, the first no. time she goes out, has that happen to her, that she has an abusive you know, relative, that she gets pissed about by the guy that she likes, you know, all mm. of that, that she ends up in these crazy relationships because... She clear. I mean, you know, I, I remember reading an article and it said that women who'd been through abuse are more likely to enjoy rough sex or want rough sex. Mm. And like the fact that she's in these situations, um, yeah, and that's that speaks to what what she believes of herself. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's and her way of taking control over the abuse is to sexualize it. it absolutely, and one. Um... One, I thought, quite poignant character that just ends up being like sort of a little little chapter in itself is mm. the um, is the Swedish guy she goes out with. I want to say it was called Lucas, but I can't remember. I'm just flicking like through. Like the silly. artist. The arty yeah. guy who takes photos of her and she's weirdly comfortably uncomfortable mm. with him taking these creepy photos and he's saying, and now move and face the wall and now do this. And, you know, he, he's quite abusive, but it's weird. And I find that kind of flashes back to earlier in the novel when Connor was asking her for, like, nude pictures and stuff in a really naive boy doing it because all his mates are doing it kind of Is way. he? I can't... I can't I've seen two weeks yeah, and I've forgotten he sort, of, he sort of asks her for nudes and you feel like the whole time, like, he's doing it because that's what other... And by the way, this is so a thing that I think kids started doing after I was a kid. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I can't rem- imagine this happening when it I was... never... Yeah, yeah. And I it, don't but, know. but I remember it was a real... I was told by someone younger... Um, yeah, apparently boys of a certain age, like all the time, were like asking girls to send their pictures. That Gosh. I'm pretty sure wasn't happening when I was a kid. Um, and yeah, he's doing it because I think he's part of it, um, part mm. of that generation where all his mates are doing it. So I remember he sort of uncomfortably asks Marianne to send her some. I think that's her first thing going, oh, that's weird. Why would somebody want that? I mean, it's fine if you want it. I like you, but it's strange mm-hmm. how you're wording it and strange that you're telling me you'll delete it whenever I want. And, and then, yeah... Fast forward to much later in the novel when she's living in Sweden with the the freaky arty guy, yeah. and it's now he's got her naked and taking her taking photos of her. That and it's weird. It sort of flashes back because she does just have this. Well, it's fine if this is what you want. This comfort, like she's very submissive actually throughout the whole thing, but weirdly strong through that submissiveness. It's this thing of women being told that if a man says it's for a good reason then it's not abuse like Mm. it's that taking a man's words over his actions and Mm. how they can romanticize abuse and it is it's like oh they're making art like making art out of it's like why is this artistic to you why is a woman's body a woman's sexualized and abused body art Mm. um so i think it speaks to a lot in our society just in those those bits there um and, and and what a lot of girls sort of feel pressured to to acquiesce to. Um, You're using words I can't spell now. It's an Oasis song. Yeah, I can sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I think really helps with the pace mm. of this novel is the chapters. So, uh-huh. two days later, April 2011. And let's flip forward. Two months later... April to that 2012. By the yeah. way, I'm, I'm just like reading these as I said. Yeah. Three months later, July 2012. And then let's flick to later in the novel. Five months later, December 2013. There's these lovely little intervals mm-hmm. and it throws you straight into a scene. A bit like how one day, like, yeah, yeah. is that the book, isn't it? Where every it, day. it, it yeah, just picks day, up July yeah. the something every year. Yeah. And, oh, now he's a TV producer and she's just lost her job. And it gives you a snapshot. And I like it how this does the same on a more micro level is that suddenly 
he's in a doctor's waiting room or yeah. suddenly they're at graduation or suddenly they're at a party and he's not there um, because it moves in these two months, two days, five months. So like it, yeah. it doesn't ever jump hugely, but it's just enough to move you through this sort of, I'd say, three to four year snapshot in their lives. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, yeah, I like that. It's a really good way of telling a story. And actually, when you're... Like if you're you know, aspiring writer or whatever, when you're thinking about how to put together a novel, sometimes it, you know it can be very overwhelming. And actually, just it's just a load of scenes. Just pick a scene and mm. pick one. Where would they be five months later? And then starting from that point is quite a a, a good way to to do that. Um, what do you think of the ending? The ending, so where where he's got that. So they've they've been together. They're kind of together for a bit mm. longer, a bit more stable, and then he, she's a little bit, um, wary of his editor. editor lady, yeah. yeah, and then he goes to New York. Is that the opportunity he gets to do a? And he hasn't told her that he's applying. He hasn't told her. He tells her, "Well, I'm not going anyway." But you know, in a head, in his head, he really wants to go. And mm. she ultimately, encouraged, in fact, let's do the last yeah. line because it's pretty gut wrenching. Do you want to read it? Because yeah. I've read loads, and I read like a child in reception. <laughs> Very good. You know, when you wait for someone else in the class to read, and it's like, and then they went like, "Oh my god, come on, it's playtime. I've got to go." To be honest, I don't know what to do, he says. Say you want me to stay and I will. She closes her eyes. He probably won't come back, she thinks. Or he will, differently. What they have now they can never have back again. But for her, the pain of loneliness will be nothing to the pain that she used to feel of being unworthy. He brought her goodness like a gift and now it belongs to her. Meanwhile, his life opens out before him in all directions at once. They've done a lot of good for each other. Really, she thinks. Really. People can really change one another. You should go, she says. I'll always be here. You know that. I have to say that last line really got me when I read it. You liked it? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> yeah. I mean, wh- whether I like the fact she's telling him to go or not is, is indifferent. Mm. In fact, I don't know. Um, and I like that, you know, it's... You make your mind up whether he did or didn't. Maybe there's a sequel. I don't know. But, um, my goodness, yeah. Just... It, it's almost like the the rest of their lives suddenly in your brain like do they keep sort of coming and going mm. and and crossing paths at different points and just being attracted or gravitating towards one another um but yeah ultimately it's lovely that she's just that confident got that confidence to tell him to go i i mean i felt that she was 
telling us the story and telling us what would happen. It's like he'll come back differently. She's then telling the reader, this is how it's going to be. We're not get we're not getting back together. Hashtag Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, we're never getting back together. This is it. He'll he needs to go, and that's their life. And she's taking stock of what their relationship has been, and that he has given her this confidence or given her this sense of self. Um, and and she has given. I'm not sure what she has given him actually, other than no, because the fact that he goes, it's kind of frustrating because it's actually she. I mean, I read some reviews about this where I've read like um, Guardian thing, and it sort of sees sees this final scene as this lovely thing and I don't know it could be quite a pure sweet thing but actually he's just gone out with her until something else has come up you know what I mean it's yeah. like a really unfair, unromantic, unfair way of cynical looking. No, looking I think, I, I mean I did not get that but I think that cynicism is really fair I mean for me as well um, I just wanted him to you know just do the right thing for the relationship there. Like, yeah. You know, this is clearly your, I hate the phrase, but this is clearly your soulmate. <laughs> you know, be with her, do what you got to do. Oh, um, so romantic. <laughs> yeah. but, but but at the same time, I, I don't know, there's, it was just this cinematic thing of he has this amazing opportunity. Yeah, I don't see them um, as soulmates in that way. I, I do think people, we're, we're drawn to each other at different stages in our life for different amounts of time. And sometimes you just know people for a... A change in yourself, right? Yeah. So, and she, the person she was when they were together, they were this, you know, these unstable, unself-aware in a way humans, and they were trying to fit in, trying to understand who they were and what was going on in their lives, and they, um, and they helped each other in certain ways, and I, I do believe in that. I just wonder what it says to his character, actually. That. Um, do you think ultimately he's selfish? It's a funny thing because we can't. You know, we've we've got experience of relationships. You can't be unhappy to make someone else happy. You can't limit your own options, uh, limit what you want from your life just to be with someone necessarily. You know, because you'd be like, well, you can't go. You've got a girlfriend. And I'd be like, well, you go. And then you see where the relationship takes you. And um, it's really... I mean, and they're so young as well, you know, they're early 20s. So they're it's like, no, young, one, yeah. it's not like they're people in their 40s. And That's true, that's um, true. But I think almost the sophistication of their relationship is a bit like the one day that to bring... I don't know why yeah. I've ended up comparing it to yeah. that. I, read, I, I, I can't remember when I read or watched the movie, but it was a long time ago. But yeah, almost, there's quite a sophistication to their connection. Yeah. I think kids... Maybe this is an awful statement, but kids are quite fickle, you know, like they're quite, you know, flavour of the month, then bye. Whereas these two, actually, I mean, it's almost lovely, the whole teenage angst of the whole thing, which, by the way, is a great placebo song. Um, it, it, but it's lo- but, but with this, yeah, real um, mature, yeah, real mature edge to their connection. Um, I, you know, when you're younger, though, you do you do see things in quite a mature way, I think. I think, but mature is almost dramatic because we see things so clearly without the all the complexity mm. we think we've learned these great lessons like there are people that when I was 22 23 I was like oh my god they've changed my life and by the time I got to like 30 I was like they were twats I hate them how did I let them in my life and yeah and you almost feel like maybe in a few years she'd be like oh no that guy kind of just you know picked me up and put me down when he wanted and didn't quite yeah can commit to me, which is fine. Yeah, fair you, enough. You, you build your cynicism, I suppose, don't you? Which is why we'll never be as twinkly-eyed as yeah. this. I think that in, this encapsulates that quite well. I did see 
aspects of myself mm-hmm. at uni. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In, in, I mean, I did not have a Marianne at uni. I had a <laughs> bloody like Myra Hindley, but that's a whole other story. Um, no, really, she was awful. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just saw aspects of my romantic brain because I think I always had that and that has dulled over the years. But, mm-hmm. you know, used to, you know, stare at the moon and write songs and I thought I knew it all <laughs> like, yeah. you know I wouldn't do any of that now um I think I was much more romantic in my relationships when I was in my 20s you're very romantic in this relationship <laughs> but I wanted things you know when you want things to mean something and I think that's what we're in your yeah, teens and yeah. 20s you're on this weird search for meaning and actually I think especially well as a young woman when I was a young woman people from like my older self would tell my younger self stop wasting your time what are you doing just get on with it you know have a career mm. blah 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 um but at the time you're going oh this person i met they just they changed my life and it's like mm, no you had a night out love you were drunk yeah yeah <laughs> you know i think that i think that's the thing and actually i think they used to piss me off at the time uh i don't know if this is tangent or relevant to the book now but you know and people are like oh my god I just had the most important night it's like fuck off <laughs> you went into london on the bus it's Grow funny up. <laughs> But no, there are all these times which I think were really important and I cannot remember them now. Mm. I've had nights where I'm like, oh, I will never forget this. It meant yeah. so much. I'm like, and I don't even mean romantic. Like, you know when you have those conversations all night with someone until six in the morning and you think, you know, you're smoking until, you know, because you can. Um, yeah, smoking until six in the morning, whatever, chatting away. Like, oh, God, it was so important. And I cannot remember a thing. One thing is, when can I go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> this person going to stop speaking. <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah. back in the day. And I think that's back in the day. Oh, God. Um... Things, what's interesting is my sister read that and she was like, um, she said she found it quite depressing because we didn't get this normal childhood. <laughs> we didn't get to just like have boyfriends in our teens and, um, mm. you know, actually, in a way, I feel like I missed out on understanding social interactions and social hierarchy and all that kind of thing because I was quite, um, you know, restricted in my social life and what I could do. And it's like, oh God, actually, if I could have just got drunk at 16 and made a fool of myself then, then maybe I wouldn't have done it when I was. 32, you know. <laughs> yeah. Most um, people walking over above our heads. Doesn't actually come out on the. Um, does it not? Oh, I sort of wish it no, did. No. Yeah. Just um, to remind listeners, we're, we're in our alcove behind the TV with a bedsheet taped. Underneath the pavement. Yeah. Um, sorry, Karen, you're saying something really poignant then before. It's all right. But yeah, it, it, it did kind of depress me a little bit as I was reading it. I loved it and I was really intrigued by the characters. Um, I did feel exhausted by, the, by Marianne because I was just like the shit she goes through and yeah. it's it's normal that is the point like it's normal none of these things she would have gone to the police about none of this stuff no, is no, like yeah. categorically um abuse from yeah. everyone's eyes and all that sort of thing and she was complicit in so much of what went on because she kind of had to be um and that i found yeah really poignant and really frustrating um and i think there's that an underlying thing actually where the world is is hectic. Her 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 mother's a head fuck. Her brother's a complete twat. People at school didn't get her. Mm. Fair enough, she's gone to uni and gone a bit over the top. But give me a break. I've got a chance to a new start. My friend Peggy's a weird. Fancies mm. me. Judges me. Thing. I think in all this, you just see she wants Connell to be her safe place. Mm-hmm. And at times he is, but then at times he really lets her down. Yeah. And that is so so reflective of. Mm relationships yeah yeah um, it is. complicated relationships as you're growing up i yeah. think well i think that's it everyone wants a safe place and you never know if it is a safe place and because people change ultimately ultimately no one does have a safe place mm. in a quite a sad way it's like either people die 
or people break up or people have to do other stuff or, you know, literally life provides no safe place. Mm. And I'm, that's what that's why I'm not as convinced by Marianne's kind of growth that some of the reviews are talking about. And like, you know, she's learned to love herself and value herself and she's kind of toned down the the sexy masochistic stuff that she likes. But, you know, yeah, um, I think the cool part of her journey is early. Mm. It gets out of the way very quickly where she goes from... Because actually the, the, the set of her being actually very rich and stable but incredibly misunderstood at school mm-hmm. and people calling her that weird freak that lives in that big house. Yeah. Um, then going to uni and the reveal is quite... I don't know why it caught me so off guard but suddenly you're seeing things from Connell's perspective and the cool guy at uni is going, ah, oh, come over here and get a drink, mate. And he's at Connell's at this party where he doesn't quite fit in. Yeah. And then Marianne turns around and she's the popular girl. And, yeah. Yeah, very cliche, but almost like, oh, she's popular now. I yeah, didn't yeah. see it coming. Yeah. Uh, and that's her journey, I think. Then of those next chapters where you learn about how wildly popular she's become in Dublin and these new friends she's made. That's her journey. Well, it's fitting in socially. Her social class suddenly yeah. has a place. From then on in, in the book, she kind of levels out and just survives. And like I say, gets just battered by life and men. Yeah. Um, so she does have a growth thing, but I just think, yeah, it doesn't go through the whole novel and doesn't doesn't leave you going, okay, that's her journey by the end of it. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think, because they get together after the... So it's his depression that actually leads to them getting back together, isn't it? It's after that. She's at the when... funeral, isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's after... It's after that they sort of get get back together, isn't it? Um, and then we, we sort of rush through the, the final bit of their relationship is just... Yeah, I would say, and like I'm going to try and describe it, if, if I were to, like, here's the book, I'm holding it open by the spine, this kind of four-fifths section here yeah. I'd say this is the bit I kind of didn't totally take in uh-huh. there was a little bit of like a bit like you're saying I kind of I wouldn't say I rushed through it but it kind of washed over me a so little that's bit. from like the trip to Italy onwards kind the of trip to Italy I thought it, yeah. was very powerful yeah. but then yeah everything actually everything sort of after the friend's suicide there was just mm-hmm. a bit where I was like okay there was just a lot of feeling spoken about where I thought the thing was is most effective when you put them in situations mm-hmm. yeah. so actually the scenes where they're talking quite deeply in the bedroom uh, and what have you are nowhere near as powerful as when he's got he's in the car with his mum and Marianne's mm-hmm. in the back, and you know it seems like that that those are the real interesting ones. Yeah. Um, should we have a look at reviews? Oh, so um, every week we discuss the book, then we pull up some Amazon one star reviews. I know it seems like a negative thing to do, but they are hilarious. <laughs> now this week, I think because we both seem to quite like this book. Yeah. So I, I feel like we're probably going to be quite feisty with these one-star reviews because I, I don't see how anyone could give this book a one-star review. Mm, but, but, you know, same. I haven't read them yet. So we, should have, um, we should have given it a proper um, introduction, actually. So this is the uh, second book from Sally Rooney. It's a follow-up to Conversations with Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sorry, have you read that? No, I haven't. Okay, I well, we should maybe think about that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's... They're not related. But they, apparently they explore similar themes. Okay. Um, and this was the winner of the 2018 Costa Novel Award and was uh, Sunday Times' number one bestseller. It's been long-listed for The Booker and long-listed for the Women's Prize for Fiction. Is Sally Rooney any relation of Wayne? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No. I hope so. Yeah. But... Well, maybe it's his, like... Uh, maybe he wrote this. And he... What's it called? A pen name? A pseudonym? Yeah, um, a pen name, yeah. 
and this is him like you know <laughs> I don't want to let him, as he talked I don't want to let anyone know like, like I can't do scouts uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Sally Rooney is actually Wayne Rooney so the other footballers don't beat him up for being so sensitive that's it <laughs> Connell is the boy he wishes he was <laughs> Oh, right, let's read after... (laughs) Are you you finished? I'm finished. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right, let's start with Top 500 Reviewer, Lola. The most annoying book I've read this year. She did read it last year. Um, The Times called it the best novel published this year. The Guardian praised... I do like this uh, reviewer's style. Uh, The Guardian praised it as a future classic. Elif Batuman, author of my favourite, The Idiot, said I couldn't put normal people down, blah, blah, blah. For me, it was a no, brackets, a capital N-O, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, no. I'm feeling tired just thinking about explaining myself and the annoyance, disappointment and almost hurt I experienced while reading Normal People. I want my money back. Throughout the book, I kept thinking, why? Why is this not working for me? Why am I becoming more and more annoyed? Why don't I care? Why? Maybe because I'm no longer a target audience of the book. Nice enough writing and observations, but somewhat dull and infantile. The very notion of the two people seemingly perfect for each other, running each other's lives over and over, drove me mad. It became repetitive, then it became boring. I just could not stand reading about an on-off relationship of these young, damaged adults, while such important matters like domestic abuse, depression and mental health in general were hugely overlooked. I really cannot see why the novel made it to the man book a long list, and yes, perhaps it's not a one-star book, but at this point, this is what I feel. Well, I'm reading the whole thing. I'm like listening to you read that, and I'm fine. I don't... Um, you're allowed this opinion, like... Of course you are. It's basically where she says that mental health and domestic abuse were overlooked, whereas I was actually saying yeah, uh, key themes in the book. Yeah, I, you know when people want to write books that explore certain themes, it's like you don't need to discuss them yeah. in paragraphs within a book. It's you see it. Like yeah. you see the story and then your brain goes, oh yeah, this is they're dealing with depression, they're dealing with this. It's like you don't need the author to say, like, by the way, this scene is about depression and uh, here's a number you can call if you've been affected yeah. by these scenes like Hollyoaks. I, like, I think this reviewer lola wants a, a pamphlet <laughs> you know. wants a pamphlet at the end yeah. yeah um uh observation somewhat dull and infantile parts of it i don't agree i don't i don't agree i think the infantile bit of it it's like well yeah you're dealing with younger characters but mm. I, that we was it's the opposite of what we were saying you're saying yeah. like maturely yeah, no, dealt don't, with don't you listen to that review sally um wayne <laughs> Uh, Kate M called it painful I think this was the worst book I've read in a long time characters are two dimensional and poorly developed and the writing is like something a precocious teenager would write in an English essay don't waste your time my god what essays were you writing at school Yeah, she has her own style it's a simple story it is a simple story um, but it's it's effect. It affects you. You know, it's beautifully mm. told. Really, is. you believe the characters. It leaves you asking questions about your own life. And I think, again, that's the thing. That's the litmus test for a book for me. Is does it affect me in my own life? Am I emotionally mm. impacted by it? And I absolutely was. Like I, I, it brought me back to my uni years. It brought me back to school. It, it, it took me through relationships I had in my twenties and and where I'm at now as a thirty three year old woman. And it, it, it gives you. I mean, people talk. About, there is a sort of Guardian review that says um, it brings sort of hope and stuff. And I'm, I don't necessarily feel the optimism because I'm fairly cynical, but it just made me feel so nostalgic. Um, yeah, definitely. 
and a lot of even though neither of us grew up in Ireland, just mm. you know, it, it actually just sets. Yeah, one of us couldn't drink until you know she was twenty-one. So I started <laughs> cracking away at fifteen, but um, and lad, I, lad, lad. I look like it. And that's why I look older than you now. Even though I'm like <laughs> ten years younger. I'm joking. I'm five years younger. I'm a World Cup cycle younger than you actually. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah you don't remember Gareth Southgate. Uh, Euro '96, so yeah. you can. Oh my God, that's how young you are. Anyway, um, S. Drysdale, what a waste of my time. Uh, unappealing characters. This, the, people are saying about the characters. I thought the characters were just so believable. I'm disappointed by the one star reviews. Normally they're really funny. The, yeah, the, these just <laughs> one star. We get the reviews one yeah. star this no, week. Where's all the? I borrowed this book off the wife. Uh... <laughs> Life is too short to spend time on this book. Self-absorbed and indulgent. You know what? I had this thought the other day. The other day, because, you know, I have these thoughts sometimes. Profound thoughts. Profound, profound thoughts. Yeah. Is all art indulgence? Yes. There we go, good. It's meant to be indulgent. Yeah. Isn't it? Is that, like, something that people have, like, yeah, obviously. Because you, as the artist, are indulging. You're having, you know, you're indulging your thoughts, you're indulging your creativity. And as the receiver of that art, you're... It's an indulgence for you as well. You're having time to take something in. And... I mean, I fully imagine some wanky creative will listen to this and be going, no, I just think it's stuff I have to get out of me. I can't help it. <laughs> the world I, needs I, it. Yeah, the world does not need it. However, these things are awesome to have yeah. and awesome to write if you are that way inclined. Yeah. Yes, it's fully indulgent. And you won't feel... Fu- yeah, you might not feel fulfilled in your life, but how many people feel <laughs> feel yeah. they've got every single scrap of what's inside of them out yeah. and yeah it's one thing it's something to pursue but also some people uh yeah don't have job security or mm. uh work or money or all of those things we kind of need and that is why the upper classes um get to make all the art because they don't have to worry about anything else anyway for the couple of you that are still listening um let's do some more one star review uh, dreadful book what what are these people's names by the way well, <laughs> Dreadful Book was by Bukowski. I don't think that's actually him. I don't think it is, is no. it? No. Island Girl. Only an average book. If it's only an average book, why is it one star? Average is three. Average is three. What's her... What's she elaborated on that? So she put, boring old book. He said, she said, story about a university relationship at Trinity Dublin. Touching in places, but not very exciting. Oh. I mean, that's, that's not a what Anyway. Utterly awful, uh, says S. Williams. Pretty sure that's Serena. Um... <laughs> If I could have given this book no stars, I would have. Well, you could have just not left a review. Um, it was so dull, boring, badly written and irritating. I had no empathy with any of the characters. I can't believe the comments on the cover are actually about this book. Here are some memorable lines. In some photographs, she appears not only plain but garishly ugly, baring her teeth like a piece of vermin. He's wholesome like a big baby tooth. The heat beats down on the back of Connell's neck like the feeling of human eyes staring. Um, and back to uh, S. Williams, who says, I finished it but resented every minute I wasted reading it. Is she picking out those quotes as, like, the ones she, she actually likes? I've got no like... idea, because I think, they're, yeah, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jay Randall, rubbish. How anyone could win a book prize with this complete nonsense. So boring and uneventful twaddle. I only managed to read half the book and have to give up. It's repetitive and absolutely nothing happens. Right. I never get someone, like, yeah. giving up a book this short. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like... Or when they say nothing happens, it's like, yeah, some books, it's just... But but a lot happens as well. Yeah, a lot happens. And it, sometimes it's okay. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Sometimes it's okay in a book when nothing happens. And it is that it's it's it is like nothing happens. There's no big life changing earthquake. There's no, no kind of quest they have to go on. Blah blah. But 
it's, and it is the, the, like the title kind of gives you a clue. Normal people. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's like, very much that. It's earthed. It avoids cliche. Yeah, it's yeah. relatable. I think um, people want a blockbuster. But... In a way, I, I actually feel it takes a cliche and de-clichéises it. Mm. Um, because it is. It's a, it's a well-worn premise, but I think it's done really well. Mm. Um, but then romance is quite a well-worn premise. <laughs> Rebecca Bailey, her title is Who Decides What's a Bestseller? The Consumer. No one... There's no committee to say this is a bestseller. It's based on sales. So when you sell a book, that makes it a bestseller if you sell lots of them. No Has one, anyone commented on it? No one decides. Maybe we should. No one's commented. But two people found it helpful. Um, so she put, I am, miss- am I missing something? People have been raving about this book and yet three chapters in and I was bored by the characters and frustrated by the lack of speech marks. That's just lazy writing. Not clever writing. Um it's not very clear when I'm talking from me or from uh, the the reviewer, is it? I should probably try some accents. That's just lazy writing. You would lose valuable points in your GCSE paper for that, Missy. I spent the last few hours waiting for the twist, something to redeem this mediocre, dull, repetitive drivel. Nope, just more monotony. More interesting things happen cleaning my fridge out, which is interesting because uh, she, you know, there is a cleaning fridge scene, is there? No, not a cleaning fridge. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of fresh meat. <laughs> um, fresh, uh, when Oregon meat. cleans the fridge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, considering the mother's a cleaner. I, my, my, the best bit in that review is when she, she calls the author Missy. Missy, I know. Like, like kids say, year two teacher, you'll lose points for that, Missy. I feel like... Sunny Jim. I feel like that review is probably 16. Um, really? I feel like that review is 40 and... Mm, the GCSE, you'll lose points on your GCSEs. I don't know, maybe. It's the fact she calls her Missy. Yeah. Um, 1907 has written clearly written by a young person with little life experience oh god I hate that anyway and they put it does seem odd that such a fragile story with such one dimensional characters has won quite so much praise it does suggest a herd mentality amongst professional reviewers that is not reflected by many of the rather more honest reviews on Amazon one of which contains the very accurate conclusion that the novel clearly written by a young person with little life experience I'm sorry, this person has meted their own review. Yeah. They've quoted their own review in their review. their review. Yeah. Okay. Also, was this person born in 1907, hence the name? I just don't know anymore. This suggests young people with little life experience shouldn't have they a shouldn't write. Heart. They shouldn't write. No, people who are mm. 50 and can't remember what their 20s were like, they should be the one that's writing mm. about it. It's like, I can... Ah! Ah! Um... <laughs> Pippa S. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Normal is the best way to describe the characters. The book assumes that these student behaviours are stereotypical. The author's mistake. Okay. Um. I mean, no one's really funny. Come on, write some funny things yeah. here. Someone's called it Marmite. Fine, fair enough. That's better. Dear author, I'm so sorry. I really didn't get this book, even though my friend loved it and recommended it to our book group. I didn't feel any sympathy with the characters or feel encouraged to find out what happened next. Apparently you do write good things, so I'll try one of your other books. Hopefully I'll enjoy them more. Sorry to leave a bad review. (laughs) There we go. go. That is from Mrs. Kindle. Thank you, Mrs. Kindle. Mrs. Kindle thought she was writing a letter on Sally Rooney's own page. Oh, bless. Um, that's, That's a nice review. I like that. Um... The lack of punctuation made it an unpleasant read. Uh, there is punctuation. There's just not speech, speech marks. marks yeah, you, there's yeah. plenty of punctuation. Massively overrated. Definitely not a page turner. No speech marks. I mean... Oh, oh right. Okay. Oh. I knew someone would, would disapprove. <laughs> Look at the last one. I need you to read it out. So, Michael Pearman says good burning material. So apt, considering the last book we did. And... Awful book, just a sex manual. Who 
have you taken any sexual positions from this, like sexual sort of advice from this book? Uh, well, you tell me. I mean, I, mean I, was, I was reading it for tips all the way through. Just as... <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of books he should read. I'm thinking American Psycho. I'm thinking Fifty Shades. American Psycho is not a sex manual. Do not do that to I, women. It, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If he thinks this is a sex manual. Like... Um, yeah, I mean... Wow. One star um, reviews have not really delivered this week. They have week, not delivered they, this week. Know, one star for the one star reviews. I'm um, sure we'll find someone angrier next time. So, should we make our own conclusions on Sally Rooney, normal people? Yes, I'm realising that as we go along, my uh, star ratings are going to be woefully inconsistent. You know, one... I think that's okay. That's, yeah, one week, something will be like, oh, like, like I'm kind of regretting giving Atwood just a 6.5 because actually, when I think of how she writes, it's it's pretty special. Uh, but uh, well, I'm, I'm basically judging books on their emotional connection to me, um, I th- I think which will okay. do. Um, normal people, I would give uh, a solid seven. Oh, see, I was going to say eight. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really, really good book. I was so glad you recommended me this. Um, I loved reading it. It's not the sort of thing I normally read, mm. as you, like you you know well. Yeah. I, I don't read many modern books, um, and I'm not really used to modern literature. Like I read a couple last year that you suggested me, and I really didn't like them. I felt quite alienated by them. I felt like one of the angry <laughs> one-star review people. Actually, this, though, was just such a nice read. Yeah. Um, really comforting, really nostalgic, really relatable in places. Uh, so I'd say an eight. Great. So do we split the difference? Yep. So Sally Rooney, Normal People... We're giving it a 7.5. Yes. Next time, what are we reading? I might see if you you fancy reading Fleischman is in Trouble. Yeah, no, you're, you're on that now, aren't you? I'll, your... I'll, I'll gladly read that when you're finished. All I would say is we did say... One each, but you one know, each. it's all been me. Now, this is why I, I have suggested... We oh, could... yes, yeah, next week I know what we're doing. Yeah, uh... I, I suggested... Now, I, I don't... Maybe I do say to be provocative, but I suggested we, we read some Charles Bukowski. <laughs> He's not my favourite author at all. I do. And I, th- I should read him, shouldn't I? I just think he it's it's so shocking. I mean, I, th- I think he's brilliant in his own arty way. And let's not just start discussing it now because this is not the Bukowski pod. I just think um, it will be a really, really interesting extreme for us to explore. Fine. Next time I'll be reading Bukowski. Which one did you say the... I mean, the post office is the, 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 post the office. classic, but there are lots of... I, I think it's great. So, okay. depending on what we finish first, it'll be the Fleischmann one that you're reading or Bukowski. Yeah, we'll do Bukowski. Why not? Thanks for listening once again. As always, you can tweet us, message us, email us on curtis at dabblersbookclub.com or hadger at dabblersbookclub.com. I wonder who gets the most emails. <laughs> uh, book recommendations please always happy to read something you recommend anyone wants to come and have a chat yeah that would I be think, nice I think we're up for that and uh, once there's enough of you we'll do a pod social we'll go down the pub and talk about books thank you very much uh, we'll see you soon bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.